Chilly outside to you there this morning, Zach. I told you what was coming. It's going to be worse tomorrow morning. Yeah, I was moving the dresser out of the house, and it was just too cold. And let me tell you what. Right now, it's forty-four degrees, but it feels like mm-hmm. what thirty-eight. It's in the shade, thirty-four degrees. They've they've given me two new temperatures now to go along with the main temperature, forty-four. Then the real feel, 37, and then the real feel, if you're in the shade, is 34 uh, degrees. Now, it's going to get really cold tonight. Just just warning you now, it's going to get cold tonight. Uh, looking at the hourly for our area here in uh, Little Rock, uh, clear skies at midnight, low of 35, feeling like 33 and uh, we'll get below freezing at 32 at 4 a.m. and stay there until 9 a.m. So if you have any vegetation you want to live, you will bring it in tonight because it's going to be cold out this evening. And uh, the high tomorrow, they're telling us is going to be a little higher than today, 55 tomorrow with plenty of sunshine uh, and a low tomorrow night, thirty about 36, Saturday 56 with sunny skies, 33 for the low, and on Sunday 59 with a 37 as the uh, low. Now, if you live up, for instance, in Cabot, it's going to be touched uh, colder up there. Let me bring you the that information because you're going to want to know about it. In Cabot right now, it's 45. Feels like it's 35 in the shade and 38 out in the sun. As far as uh, the hourly temps go, let's see if that's changed since uh, this morning. I don't believe it has. No. We will, in Cabot, hit... Uh, freezing at 32 degrees at midnight and it will not go above 32 degrees until 9 a.m so nine hours of freezing temperatures that that's a pretty hard freeze all right so again be aware of that Uh, as far as tomorrow up in cabot cool plenty of sun 55 low of 35 saturday 56 low of 30 Sunday, sunny and remaining cool, 58.35. So the weekend is going to be sunny, but you're going to need a heavy coat when you're walking around. You know, I in this, in this uh, type of weather, I, I've got these kind of like insulated shirts that I buy and, and wear. I get, by the way, I get these at uh, Walmart or Target. They're 10 bucks a piece. I'm cheap. What can I tell you? So I buy four or five of them, rotate them during the winter time, and then over top of it, 
if it is going to be below, if it's going to be like thirty five or lower, I wear my bomber leather jacket. That sucker is warm. It stops the w- the wind dead. And then the rest of the time, I got my lambskin leather jacket that I wear, and it stops. That's what I like about leather. Leather stops the wind and uh, keeps you warm. So that's the way I'm going to be dressing, just so you'll know. Have you had any soup? Have you made any soup at your house yet? I had some chili the other night. Okay. That's pretty much it. I you know, normally, you know, whether it's cold or hot, it really doesn't change. I will be making... Uh, chicken and dumplings this weekend that's going to be probably my saturday meal that's going to be my go-to on saturday uh my tomorrow night's pizza night it's friday ah it'll be pizza night what kind of pizza i gotta make up my mind i don't know if i'm going to do marcos okay because i like marcos pizza and i think they make one of the best cheese pizzas around they're good yeah you know i like that but Usually, if I order a cheese pizza from Marcos, I get it thin crust, cut into squares with uh, mushrooms, onions, and jalapenos on okay. it as well. Mm-hmm. So, really, it's not a cheese pizza. Yeah, my go-to say. place for pizzas, uh, Shotgun Dan. Well, they're not close to me. Right, I understand. If they were close to me, mm-hmm. I loved Shotgun Dan. Oh, they, yeah. You know, I'm just glad they don't charge you by weight because I'm telling you, they put the toppings on their pizzas. I mean, you try, you eat one slice and it feels like it's 10 pounds you've added to your body. Yeah, I know. That's a lot. Yeah, we used to go over uh, the salespeople, myself and, yeah. and, and Russ and, 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 and stuff. We've invited you. You never went. Uh, we used to go shotgun again. Yeah. Over there on, um, where was that at? Not the one over here in West Markham. No, the one off the of Shackleford that's on. Uh, Markham, Markham and Shackleford, oh, yeah. right over okay. there. It's in the worst place possible. You can put Terrible. a business to try to get into and get out of. And then you got to go up the hill as well. Yeah. It just makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know why they built it there. Because I'm thinking you get a lot of rain, you know, that's, you, you're going to get wet going in. Right. Just the way it is. And I'm not talking, you know, you, I'm used to getting wet, uh, you know, for my, you know, head or my, my body, but it's bad when you got about two inches of of, of water standing that you got to wade through. I don't like right. that at, at all. But yeah, uh, Shotgun Dan's over there on Keel. Mm-hmm. I like going there and, and getting pizza. There. That's probably where you go, isn't it? Well, I go to the one in Rose City. I go to sometimes the one in Keel. It just depends. Oh yeah, yeah. This it's really good. They did a, they did a good job. They need to open another one. They need to open one up there in the. I'm being I'm being very serious now in the Cabot austin you know ward area yeah they would do big business i i believe is there one in conway i don't think i so. don't think so yeah there's plenty of places they and i don't know i don't know if they're up in cersei or not i don't believe so i cannot imagine gosh somebody and and there you know you can buy into that yeah and open one for yourself i have seems like that would be a good thing you got gotta find the right people though that's right. They got good people that take care of you at Shotgun Dance for the most part. Love them. Really do. They're great pizza. Uh, best damn pie. Another good place to buy pizza. Yeah, I tried them earlier this year. I was like, wow. Yeah, they make good pizza. Mm-hmm. They, they do. And then, you know, you got the tried and true, you know, Papa John's. 
Now, Papa John's, you got to like a sweet sauce because they got a sweet sauce. And yeah. Then you got Domino's. Mm-hmm. Domino's, I think, has got a really good advertising campaign going on right now with this whole thing of if we get it wrong, we'll make it right okay. type of thing that they're doing. And uh, remember, they're the ones that started up with, uh, you know, if you hit a pothole and the pizza slides off the seat and gets messed up, they had a uh, a guarantee for your pizza. And uh, you could go back and show them your pizza was messed up and yeah. they would give you a new one. Interesting. Yeah. That's a, you know, you got to find a niche. There are so many pizza places out there. That's right. There's a lot of places. I mean, we haven't even talked about Pizza Hut. Exactly. Who's been around forever, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they make a good pizza as well. Although with Pizza Hut, I don't like taking it home. I'd much rather eat it inside. I kind of agree with you on that. I like their pizza. They're, they they make me feel like I should sit down. Yeah. You know, because they got the salad bar there and all of that. You know, That's so right. I like that. But uh, yeah. My big, and then let's not forget about Pizza Pizza. All right. Let's not forget about them. Little Caesars. Yeah. That portal thing they got going. Man. Really good. When you told me about that two or three months ago, I tried it out on the it's good, isn't Saturday. It? I went to the, to the one over here on Cantrell, walked in, put in my coat. It's hot and ready. And it was hot. hot. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking, you know, medium hot. We're right. talking like it just came out of the oven if you show up when they say it's going to be ready exactly and uh yeah good stuff i do like that and now they've gotten better because you know you can't buy like small medium large you're gonna get a large pizza if you go to go to go to them and the other thing is they're putting toppings back on it for a while there uh they they were getting skimpy on what they put on the pizza it was like yeah, I'll have some pizza dough to go, you know, and I quit going to them. Then they started doing the portal, and I said, well, I'll give them a chance. Right. And I went and did it, and it, boom, hit it out of the ballpark. Because the thing is, when you buy pizza, you buy pizza, you know, get a large box. Don't just get a smaller medium. Get a large box. Yeah, get a large one. Go to Marco's, get an extra large. Extra large, huh? Yeah, that's a good okay. pizza. Good pizza. No, y'all want an extra large shotgun damn box. My goodness. Yeah, It'll take me a month and a half to finish. You'll need a truss to keep from, you know, pulling a hernia <laughs> while you're carrying it out of the store. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's going to be heavy. Yeah. Heavy, heavy, heavy. All right. We got to take a fast break. When we come back, the, the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, was forced into taking this vote today. All right. So they voted on the impeachment inquiry. I find this so funny. Like they haven't been doing a impeachment inquiry yet. Uh, we will uh, come back, talk a little bit about it, and uh, you will hear from the minority leader, uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, Congressman Steve Scalise, Representative Collins, and the evil witch of the West, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. They're all coming up next on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so Congress voted uh, today to open an impeachment inquiry with a vote ending 232 in favor, a very partisan vote, all right? All the Democrats voted for, except for two. And later on, I'll tell you who those two are, uh, for the impeachment inquiry, and all other Republicans voted against, 196. Not a single Republican casting a yay vote. Here is the... uh, 
Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and what he had to say. Madam Speaker, elections have consequences. Our fellow Americans use their vote to choose who will work for them. So I ask you all a simple question, especially to my colleagues. Is that what is happening here today? Are we gathered in these final moments before we depart for a week to fund our government, to pay our troops? Are we gathered today to prove a new trade deal? Or are we gathered to debate the critical national security issues regarding China or Iran? Well, that answer would be unanimously no. We are not working for the American people. Those items would resemble the achievements of a productive Congress, a Congress that truly works for the people. But you know what this Congress counts? This Congress records is more subpoenas than laws. That's the legacy. It is not just devoid of solutions for the American people. It is now abusing its power to discredit democracy. By using secret interviews and selective leaks to portray the president's legitimate actions as an impeachable offense. Democrats are continuing their permanent campaign to undermine his legitimacy. For the last three years, they have predetermined the president's guilt. They have never accepted the voter's choice to make him president. So for 37 days and counting, they have run an unprecedented, undemocratic, and unfair investigation. This resolution today only makes it worse. I've heard members on the other side say they promise rights to the president, but only if he does what they want. That's the equivalent of saying in the First Amendment you have the right to the freedom of speech, but you can only say the words I agree with. That's what you call due process. The amendment offered by my colleague, Mr. Cole, would help correct some of the transparency concerns we have witnessed over the last few weeks. But today is more than the fairness of an impeachment process. It is about the integrity of our electoral process. Democrats are trying to impeach the president because they are scared they cannot defeat him at the ballot box. That's not my words. That's the words of my colleagues from the other side of the aisle that has offered impeachment three different times. This impeachment is not only an attempt to undo the last election, it is an attempt to influence the next one as well. This is not what Democrats promised when they entered the majority 11 months ago. In this chamber, we heard from our speaker while we all sat here. We heard what the speaker said when she talked about words of optimism and cooperation. It was said we would work together to make America stronger, more secure, and more prosperous. We were told our mission was to return the power to the people. In fact, our new colleagues on the other side of the aisle were sent to Washington with a mandate to do just that. So what's happening? Nothing like that today.
Not long ago, Democrats recognized that a partisan impeachment would put politics over people and harm our nation. That exact same speaker that talked about cooperation, that talked about and promised the American people that they would be different. They would be different if you trusted you with the majority. You have failed in that promise. That speaker said impeachment is so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, the word of bipartisan, I do not think we should go down that path because it divides the country. What has changed since those words have been spoken? Alexander Hamilton wrote, there will always be the greatest danger that the decision to use the impeachment power would be driven by partisan animosity instead of real demonstrations of innocence or guilt. The sham impeachment by Democrats have proven Hamilton right and portrays the speaker's own words. I know emotions are high. I know members would even run for positions of chair simply on the fact that they would be a better chair for impeachment right after the election. But when we all stood that day and listened to the words of the Speaker of Cooperation, we all raised our hand to uphold the Constitution. Tomorrow is November 1st. We're one year away from an election. Not just for this house, but for the highest office of presidency. Why do you not trust the people? Why do you not allow the people to have a voice? Why in a process that America lends their voice to all of us, that you deny us to speak for them? Is animosity risen that high? Is Hamilton proven correct again? There is a moment and time that you should rise to the occasion. This is that moment. This is the moment that history will write. History will ask you when you cast this vote, when you cast a vote to justify something that has gone on behind closed doors, I want you to ask the historian and answer the question. What do you know that happened there? Have you read anything that took place that you just justified? What do you believe the definition of due process is? What do you think the First Amendment is? Do you have the right to have a voice or only the words that you agree with? You may get elected in a primary but in a general election, you're elected to represent the people of America, not to deny their voice. This house is so much better than what is transforming today. I believe everyone who runs for this office runs to solve a problem. But when you go back to the American public with the achievement of more subpoenas than laws, that is not why you ran. That is not why we are here, and that's why I agree with my colleague, Mr. Cole, that believes in the power of the people, people before politics, that we believe and know we can do better.
That we believed the speaker when she said about cooperation. We believed her when she said if you trusted them with the majority, they would be different. I guess it's only fitting you take this vote on Halloween. I yield back. Nice. Nice. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Well, we got more coming your way. We've got the local news. We're going to hear from Scalise and Collins in just a moment. All right. So before I play Scalise and what he had to say and represent Collins and what he had to say and Congresswoman Pelosi and what she had to say, let me give you a rundown on what exactly happened today. Only two Democratic congressmen voted no on a resolution formalizing an impeachment inquiry. Uh, New Jersey Representative Jeff Van Drew and Minnesota Representative Colin Peterson. Congress voted today to open an impeachment inquiry with a vote ending 232 in favor of the impeachment inquiry and 196 against. Not a single Republican voted yes. Van Drew warned that impeachment will further divide the country in a statement he released following the vote that, according to NorthJersey.com, it said, quote, however, now that the votes and the vote has been taken and we are moving forward, I will be making a judgment call based on all the evidence presented by these investigations. My hope is that we are still able to get some work done to help the American people like infrastructure, uh, in, pardon me, infrastructure, veterans benefits, environmental protections, immigration reform, reducing prescription drug costs, and strengthening Social Security. The New Jersey representative was able to win a GOP seat in 2018 and looks to face a tough re-election year, uh, the publication reported. Voters in Van Drew's district largely voted for President Donald Trump in the 2016 election. Peterson is one of only two Democrats remaining in the House who voted to authorize the impeachment of former President Bill Clinton, according to Fox News. The Minnesota representative comes from Minnesota's Congressional District Number 7, a district that largely voted for Trump in the 2016 election. And no other House Democrat comes from a district more supportive of Trump, the Duluth News Tribune reported. Quote, this impeachment process continues to be hopelessly partisan, he said. In a statement today, he says, I've been hearing from my constituents on both sides of this matter for months. And the escalation of calls this past week just shows me how divided our country really is right now, unquote. He went on to say, I have some serious concerns with the way the closed door depositions were run. I'm skeptical that we will have a process that is open transparent and fair without support from Senate Republicans going down this path is a mistake. And I told you what the Senate Republicans are saying with McConnell and Graham leading the way uh, with uh, some of the, with their resolution that they have right now, the house 
Democrats haven't met those requirements. That means uh, circular, you know, circular can 13 when this stuff shows up over at the, uh, the Senate. Without support from Senate Republicans, today's vote is both unnecessary and widely misrepresented in the media and by Republicans as a vote on impeachment. I will not make a decision on impeachment until all the facts have been presented. The impeachment inquiry vote comes over a month after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced the inquiry. I mean, look, there's been an inquiry going on. They've never voted on it. They just got around to it. The vote also followed a whistleblower complaint about Trump's phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky, but Democrats had passed a resolution early in September setting impeachment parameters before the whistleblower complaint was made public. Van Drew and Peterson did not respond to requests for comment from the folks at the Daily Caller News Foundation. So we'll just have to keep an eye on all of this. And there's a lot of Democrats that voted today and were forced, I bet you, if they wanted to see any legislation move forward, um, that uh, voted for this and are in very purple districts and are now very, very nervous about their reelection. And I can guarantee you, Steny Hoyer and Pelosi said, hey, look, we got money. We'll make sure we pour more money in your district for your reelection. We shall see how that works out. All right. So Steve Scalise, the minority whip, took to the floor. He made, he made his, his speech. Here's just a sampling of what he said. Uh, unfortunately, we've seen since the day that President Trump was inaugurated, there have been some people that made it public that they wanted to impeach him. Not because they're high crimes and misdemeanors, which is the constitutional standard, but just because they don't agree with the results of the 2016 election. Uh, that, Madam Speaker, is not why you impeach a president. There is precedent. This has only happened three times in the history of our country. Every time it not only started with a full vote of the House, but it also started with actual fairness. We're not getting that fairness today. When you look through this resolution in multiple places, it gives veto authority by the chair to literally reject any witness that's brought forward by the minority. So no rights for the minority unless the chair so designates. In fact, in this resolution, it allows the chair to veto even the ability for the president to have legal counsel in the room. If the chair chooses at his whim, they can literally kick out the president's legal counsel. This is unprecedented. It's not only unprecedented, this is Soviet-style rules. Maybe in the Soviet Union, you do things like this, where only you make the rules, where you reject the ability for the person you're accusing to even be in the room, to question what's going on. For anybody else to call witnesses, when only one person has the right to call witnesses. And as we saw just the other day, the chairman was literally directing the witness to not answer certain questions by the Republicans. What kind of fairness is that? Maybe you think it's fairness if you can run roughshod over somebody because you've got the votes, but that's not how impeachment was supposed to go. There you go. I mean, seriously, the American people and you, because you're not 
being able to see exactly what's going on and you don't have time to sit down and read the resolution. I read part of it to you yesterday. Scalise, who will be the guy heading this up, has overwhelming power that, you know, the Republicans can call witnesses and bring them in and ask questions. But if Scalise, or not Scalise, pardon me, if Schiff says, no, you can't bring them in, they can't bring them in. If Schiff doesn't like him as a witness, they don't get a chance to be a witness. If he doesn't think they should question the witness, they don't get to question the, the, the witness. Listen closely to me. Scalise is right. You'd expect this in the Soviet Empire back in the 60s and 70s and 50s. All right? The star chamber mentality. The founding fathers never ever had this in mind when it came to impeachment. You heard uh, McCarthy talking earlier about, Ham- you know, uh, Alexander Hamilton saying their biggest worry was that people would get really petty. And what they would do is they would go out and impeach somebody just because they didn't like them. Not if they did high crimes and misdemeanors, just if they didn't like them. Look, I didn't like Robert Byrd. He used to be a member of the KKK, but I didn't see him being impeached or censored by the Senate and thrown out on his on his rump. All right, got Representative Collins for, for you from New York. Here's what he had to say. Thank you, Madam Speaker. No matter what is said by the other side today, this is a dark day and a cloud has fallen on this House. It has been falling for 10 months and it is showing itself today. What we're seeing is this. If the gentleman who is a friend of mine from the Rules Committee would actually want to talk about are these the same rules as Clinton and Nixon, then we would have had a much longer period of debate because he knows and I know it is not. There are similarities, some better, some not, but they are not the same. Let's get that out of the way first. The problem I'm having here is the resolution before us today is not about transparency, it's about control. It's not about fairness, it's about winning. It's about following the facts. This resolution is about delivering results. You know how I know this? Because the resolution gives no proper way for how these abilities or transferring of documents from the Intel Committee to Judiciary Committee will happen. Doesn't even give a time frame. And I've heard a lot of discussion today about maybe we didn't know how to properly ask last night in Rules Committee. I'll guarantee you my staff and I know how to properly use Rule 11 2E to ask for information. And we're told yesterday by a committee, one of the committees, that we couldn't have access to it because the parliamentarian said we couldn't. That's just false and needs to stop. This House is developing and shredding procedures every day. And if members of the minority or the majority cannot have the rights that they are given, then we're in a sad situation. And in fact, the haste to put this together, they didn't even exempt, as was done in Clinton and Nixon, the Rule 11 2 they didn't even exempt it out. Even in those two impeachments, it was known that maybe we don't let every member come see this while this is going on. We didn't even exempt it during this time. We were so hurried to impeach this president, we don't really give a darn about the rules. But here's my biggest concern. As ranking member of the Judiciary Committee, I have a question. We've been here 200 plus years as a committee, and our committee has been neutered. 
Our committee who handles impeachment, we're the reason in that committee, that's our jurisdiction. We have been completely sidelined. Our chairman and others have been sidelined, so I have been sidelined. It is so bad that they had to have the rules committee write the presidential due process and give it to us. This is not right. I wish... Yield the gentleman uh, an additional 15 seconds. The gentleman's recognized. I do not know what happened to our committee, but we still exist. Due process only kicks in at judiciary for the president. It does not kick in in the closed-door secret hearings of Adam Schiff. This is a travesty. No one should vote for this. This is a sad day. The curtain is coming down on this House because the majority has no idea about process and procedure. They're simply after a president. A year. Right. That is uh, Congressman Doug Collins of Georgia. I think I said New York. That's the Collins that's in trouble, going to be thrown out of the House for insider trading. But uh, that was Doug Collins from Georgia. So what's the Speaker of the House saying? You know, I thought maybe I wouldn't even play her because if her lips are moving, she's lying. I'm just telling you. She lies like a rug. Here's what she had to say. This is a, just a piece of her speech. I can play the whole thing. It's about two, a little over two and a half minutes long. Pelosi on the impeachment. Here we go. America's future. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution, and that's what we cannot ignore. And we will not ignore when the president's behavior indicates that that investigation, that inquiry is necessary. As the inquiry proceeds, we'll decide whether we'll go forward with impeachment. That decision has not been made. But here we are again, our founders, September 17th, 1874, excuse me, 17, uh, 1787, they came forth with a constitution with genius of which was uh, a separation of power, three co-equal branches of government, balance of power. And when Franklin, uh, Benjamin Franklin came out, they said, Mr. Franklin, Mr. Franklin, what do we have, a monarchy or a republican? They said, a republic, if we can keep it. And here, this right in the here and now, we are keeping the republic. From a president who says, Article 2 says, I can do whatever I want. And not so. And if so, if you think that's so, and you act upon that belief, that is in violation of the Constitution of the United States. And so we will proceed with the facts, the truth. It's about the truth, and it's about the Constitution. And we're, we're very working hard to defend our democracy. Because if we don't have a system of checks and balances, we might as well all just elect a president and go home. Because it will be that unitary form of government that our founders did not want us to have. The, fact that the times have found us. We feel all of us, all of you as messengers, as, as guardians of our democracy, the guardians of the gate of our democracy, as messengers about uh, uh, revealing the facts and the truth uh, to the American people. In fact, the times have found us as they found, as Thomas Paine said, our founders to declare independence, to fight a war, to win it, to write our founding documents in a way that made us a republic. Times have found us now to have a republic and to keep it, as Benjamin Franklin admonished. 
Nobody is. This isn't about anything personal with the president. It isn't about ah. politics. It isn't about patriotism. It isn't about uh, partisanship. It's about ah. patriotism. Yeah. It's about patriotism. How does and that I would woman hope, lie uh, that, that way? It, rather than protecting the president personally, all of our colleagues would choose to honor their oath of office to protect and defend not the president, but the Constitution of the United States. It's too bad you're not following the Constitution that you're saying that you're trying to protect. God. Excuse me, I got to get a drink of coffee. It just kind of threw up in my mouth as she was talking there at the end. Now I got to get that taste out of my mouth. All right, we'll be back. We'll finish this up for this uh, hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. we got uh, just a few moments left. I just wanted to make sure that we got Congressman Matt Getz from uh, the 1st Congressional District in Florida in. He's the one who filed an ethics complaint against uh, Schiff, saying that uh, what he's doing is illegal. Uh, it's not going to go anywhere because the Democrats control the House. Just know that. Elections do have consequences, and that's something to keep in mind. So uh, he was speaking today, and uh, here's just a little bit about what he had to say. This is not a crime by our president. It is a setup by the deep state, the same deep state that told us that President Trump was engaged in a criminal conspiracy, the same deep state that had an insurance policy against the people of this great country electing Donald Trump. What's different about the knockoff Ukrainian sequel is that Adam Schiff has violated the ethical rules of the House by colluding with the whistleblower, by lying about it, and I would say most importantly, by making representations to the American people that were false. Rule 23 of the House of Representatives Code of Conduct says that we are not permitted to engage in activities that bring discredit on the House. I can think of nothing that has brought more discredit on the House of Representatives than Adam Schiff acting like the President of the United States and the President of the Ukraine had a conversation that they never had. We've seen the transcript. We've heard from President Zelensky. Donald Trump did nothing wrong. And it is about time this Democrat-led House start passing bills and stop issuing these Penis. It is offensive to the American people that want better roads, better health care, lower prescription drug prices, that Nancy Pelosi has authorized more subpoenas than they have passed bills on the floor of the House of Representatives. It is shameful, and they will be punished for this by Americans in the next election. And I agree with him. I personally feel, and don't buy a lot of the stuff that the media is telling you, that uh, they're going to pick up more seats in the House. They're going to pick up more seats in the Senate. Ain't going to happen. Just telling you, it's not going to happen. Uh, before we get to the news at the top of the hour, and uh, Taylor King will, uh, lawyer Ter- Taylor King will join us in the next hour. Uh, President Trump has his new campaign ad out, and uh, this is about 30 seconds, so let's listen to it. President Trump is changing Washington, creating 6 million new jobs, 500,000 new manufacturing jobs, cutting illegal immigration in half, obliterating ISIS, their caliphate destroyed, their terrorist leader dead. But the Democrats would rather focus on impeachment and phony investigations, ignoring the real issues. But that's not stopping Donald Trump. He's no Mr. Nice Guy, but sometimes it takes a Donald Trump to change Washington. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. I like that. Sometimes it takes Donald Trump 
to change what's going on in Washington. By the way, six million jobs from the president. You hear about Elizabeth Warren. She announced today that Americans could lose their jobs because of Medicare for all. Did you hear how many people, Zach? Two million. Now, who in God's name would put a new program into effect that would wipe out two million Americans' jobs? Incredible. All right. News is next. We'll be back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And attorney Taylor King will join us here in studio in about six minutes. Second hour, Dave Ellswick Show on a Thursday. And in with this is uh, attorney Taylor King from the Taylor King Law Firm. And he's going to come in today and try to explain to you what a trial lawyer does. Because a lot of people have misconceptions about what trial lawyers do. Because some have given a bad name to trial lawyers. And I think he, he would even... Uh, agree uh, with that. So I'm going to turn it over to him. Uh, This is going to be kind of like being in front of the judge. He's going to give an opening statement (laughs) on here. He's going to, he's going to, you're the jury today. He's going to give you an opening statement. Then he's going to answer a whole lot of questions. Go ahead. Okay, Dave. I need you to move, move right up onto the microphone. Yeah, I appreciate that. Isn't that what we agreed that that's that's what you wanted to do? No, thank you very much. Okay. Um, you know, first thing I would say is I want to I want want to let you know that I, I'm a little prejudiced when it comes to lawyers and uh, trial lawyers. I I do a lot of my I spend a lot of my time trying to talk young people into going to law school because um, I think uh, it's the greatest profession in the world. Okay, I really do. And uh, trial lawyers, in uh, in my view, uh, we we pr- we primarily do two or three things. It, we promote. Uh, this civil justice system that we have in this country, which greatest judicial uh, civil just, uh, judicial system I think in the world. 
two lawyers that I have on my show all the time, Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett, mm-hmm. both say that lawyers keep people from killing each other. Lawyers, uh, we, we, we've got to have a rule. We've got to have a system of uh, uh, rules of the road. In, in everything that we do, I agree across the society, and in, in that constitution that we always talk about, is that framework for that system that we have. We have a um, a paper mill uh, that's wanting to, uh, to come to Clark County uh, down in uh, Southwest Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I asked a friend of mine who's promoting that uh, project, "Wow, how are the Chinese going to feel about coming uh, to America?" I mean, you're talking about a communistic system coming into our system and why do they want to do business in the u.s you know uh why do all these uh, there's rules there are rules that's exactly right and as long as they know they don't they don't care if they get sued if they're if they know what the rules are and the rules are fair and the playing field is fair then they know they can do business in america and and be successful It's, it's not the other thing that it's not just somebody who's sitting up on top changes the rules whenever he wants to exactly Exactly, because we, we have a – now, the rules can change, but well, we sure. have a system. But the people help make exactly those changes. Right. That's exactly in – our, in our democratic system, our republic, uh, that fabric that the uh, Constitution lays out for us. Um, and, and lawyers are, are, the, are the ones that, that are the guardians of that justice, of that system, to make sure that um, – uh, the corporations, the people, all the players are playing by those rules, playing fair, and provides a, a, a fair playing field for everybody involved. You're singing my song. Yeah. So right. keep singing. All right, so stability in business. Trial lawyers provide that. Well, you, you look at it from the other side, and they're, they're always uh, upset about trial lawyers and lawsuits and that type of thing. But what it really does is, is it provides a, a playing field that uh, everybody can be, be uh, successful with. Uh, so I like I like that uh, lawyers are the guardians of justice, and I and I really believe that, and I really think that's a great thing that we, and and we're defenders of the rule of law, uh, and that rule of law can change, like you said, uh, but as long as uh, because without without trial lawyers doing that, um, there's not really any. Um, I also like to say that we're the last best battle line to protect our our civil freedoms in this country. And whether that's in the criminal law, civil law, uh, other areas, we're the defenders of that um, those freedoms that that Constitution um, guarantees. Okay. Um, and I, you know, you talk about conservative values. We we, we cherish our conservative values, and I really believe that trial lawyers uh, are protecting uh, those conservative values in three ways. We're but. Trial lawyers are always uh, working toward and protecting the value of life, and so in a civil lawsuit, that's what it really gets down to: is what is a, what is the value of life? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, and when a jury's trying to make a decision about um, about a per, in a personal injury case, for example. Well, let me stop you there because we had a large argument about that here in the state just a few months ago, right? When they were talking about. Uh, making some changes in the state, uh, dealing with lawsuits and things of that nature. And uh, I would say your side came out and said, this is about life. Right. All right. And uh, the other side said, well, no, but, well, yeah, it was. All right. It's what, how, what kind of uh, 
cap are we going to put on life? And I understood that. Well, and I would say in response to that is that we have a perfect cap system in, in this, this system that we've been talking about. It's called a jury trial. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, who's better uh, in our society to make the decisions about what, um, in, their, in their own communities, what the rules ought to be and, and what the value of life should be, but a jury. Uh, and I can tell you, juries in Arkansas are conservative. People in Arkansas are conservative. You know what the you know what the uh, the average jury verdict in Arkansas is? Guilty. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. But in a, on the civil side, yeah. in a civil lawsuit, and that's what uh, tort reform is all about. Is right. corporations wanting to put limits on uh, what uh, what a jury can award in a civil case? Thirty five hundred dollars. That's the average jury verdict in, in the state of Arkansas. But the story that gets all the coverage is the sexy one. When it's five, eight, twelve million dollars. Yeah, and those are far and few between. I've been practicing law for thirty-five years, rather successfully, and I can tell you, I don't have one of those in my in my uh, belt because they just they're they're the ones that make the news, but they're uh, they don't happen very often. Right. All right. I'm not, I'm I'm letting you make your point here. Okay, this I'm is continuing. Good. Uh, so you know, the way I would put it is. Tour reform is really not designed to help you or your neighbors uh, or your friends. It, it's really designed to limit our constitutional freedoms and, and civil rights uh, that the Constitution provides. That's what tort reform really wants to do is put a cap on what a jury can do, what your, um, what your friends and neighbors can do, and, and what, what the Constitution, the Constitution, and Amendment 7 of the uh, U.S. Constitution and of the Arkansas Constitution guarantees the right to a jury trial. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just as important as any other uh, constitutional right. And, and, and to start monkeying with that, uh, especially in in a situation where in, in Arkansas where we don't need it, we have a, we have conservative people, we have conservative uh, legislators, we have conservative jurors, uh, and there is no runaway jury system in Arkansas. All right, and that jury is to be made up of people of your peers. It should be. It sure should be. Right. We've got things that they do before. To try to make sure that that happens. Not okay. saying that it has always happened that way, but it's supposed to happen. That's right, that and and we there. It's already written into the law that uh, judges, if we if we did have a runaway jury system, judges are there to uh, pull it back. And so, even if you have a a, a verdict that's uh, un, that's over the line or, or unjust, there are ways to uh, remit that, pull it back, and a judge can re um, re. Uh, uh, assign that jury uh, amount so it, it, it can actually uh, lower the amount if, if uh, it's if it's out of control let me just ask you and, and you make good points about some different things and uh, some stereotypical things people think when they hear trial lawyer however has a lot of people in our country not looked at the legal system now as like the lottery if well, I can get in there, I can win some money. Probably so. And I'm not saying that uh, there aren't people out there that um, lawyers and people, citizens, that are that are uh, trying to uh, uh, get something for nothing. But I can tell you this. Uh, I work, and the lawyers that are friends of mine and people that work for me, we work on a contingency fee system, mm-hmm. which means we only get paid um, if we win the case. Right. And go so you go back to what I said earlier about we, we're living in a, in a conservative 
uh, state. And there, there are a lot of conservative states in the U.S. Um, and so I'm not going to bring a frivolous lawsuit because I'm not going to waste my time, my energy, and my money uh, to bring a, a frivolous lawsuit that I don't think I'm going to win. And uh, just because you bring a lawsuit doesn't mean you're going to win the lawsuit. Correct. And so you have, you know, that system and that conservative jury is going to decide whether you win that lawsuit. So, uh, you know, we do a lot of car wreck cases, a lot of uh, personal injury accident cases. But a lot of my friends do nursing home abuse cases, uh, medical malpractice cases, and and products liability cases. And and that's where you see a a lot of the complaints and a lot of the tort reform uh, – Efforts are really going after those kind of cases, uh, the larger, uh, potentially larger verdict cases. This is the deal with those kind of cases. Um, I don't believe there are that many frivolous lawsuits in that arena because it costs any. It will cost a lawyer anywhere from fifty thousand to one hundred fifty thousand dollars per case in expenses to bring one of those those cases. And that's real money. I mean, that's out of the lawyer's pocket because none of these uh, the clients are going to be able to front that kind of money. And then the, that would buy my milk. Yeah, it will buy. I'm mine. just, I'm just kidding. It will buy mine for a, <laughs> for a few years. My point is, when you're talking about those kind of dollars, a lawyer yeah. has to be very careful about the kind of case he brings. And and so they like to throw around the word frivolous, but what it really means, uh, the. At least the lawyers I know in Arkansas don't bring those kind of cases unless they have merit. Otherwise, they're just they're they're gambling, but they're 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 the odds aren't good with with that gamble because you can't spend fifty hundred thousand dollars on a case. And what I'm saying is, it costs you can't find a uh, doctor in Arkansas that's going to testify against another doctor in Arkansas. So if you bring one of those cases, you have to get an expert outside the state of Arkansas, pay them to uh, uh, give, give their, uh, their medical opinion, and that costs a lot of money. So there's a lot of expense in bringing one of those cases to court. If you're going to do it, you better have a good case. And if you bring them from out of state, you better get it from a state that people on the jury will say, you know, he makes some sense. Yeah. Because if he's from New Jersey or New York, they're going to turn their mind off immediately. That's true. And there's not a... That's that's absolutely true, and it's just it's hard to find those experts that will uh, will do it. But but you can find them, but it just costs a lot of money, and so uh, uh, you can't you can only play that game a few times uh, before you are going to be in bankruptcy court if, if if you're a lawyer playing that game. Uh, so that's my retort to frivolous lawsuits. There, I'm sure there are some out there. I'm sure there are lawyers and people looking for money or something for free, but most of my clients. Uh, are are good people, uh, hardworking people that don't want to be in the situation that they're in, but they've been in a car accident, they've they've gotten injured, they're not able to get back to work, they need to get in their car, they need to get their car fixed quickly so they can get on back to work. Those are the kind of people we represent, good people that that are that don't want to die. In my spiel, I tell them all the time, we we don't try to make more out of it than what it is, and but at the same time, we don't let the insurance company. Uh, shortchange them. It, it, we we don't try to get them a penny more, but a penny less than what they're really entitled to. And that's what most people that I talk to on the phone every day really want. They want to get on with their lives, get back to their families, and be able to support their families. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We got more with uh, uh, you know Taylor King. He's an attorney of law. He's got a law firm. Uh, 
If people want to call you, where do they call? Uh, that'd be 1-800-CAR. Or, or you can, they can catch us online at taylorkinglaw.com. Yeah, I saw one of your rap cars the other day. Yeah, cool. And yeah. I pulled up sat, and parked next to me. Guy got out, and I said, hey, how you doing? He goes, doing good. I said, you work for them? He goes, yeah. I said, good job. Yeah. I bet yeah. that was Adrian Williams. He's one of my he's one of my best. Here. And a little little beard. Oh beard. yeah, kind of kind of not real tall, kind of yeah. medium guy, kind of guy. You ought to hear him sing and play uh, music in his church. It's amazing. Huh? He really cool. he's, he's really good. All right, let's hit, get a break. When we come back, how about some questions that the uh, average client when they come in? What should they bring with them? We'll talk about that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, talking about the law, I love doing this. Tomorrow, by the way, in the last two hours of the show, Chris Corbett will be here. You got any questions about the law you want to ask him about? It's uh, ask the attorney tomorrow for two hours. Not every day you can ask a lawyer for, uh, you know, information and you don't get a check, you know, or get a bill for it. Statement. Yeah, there you go, statement. That's a, that's a nice word for it. All right. Taylor King is our guest, Taylor King Law Firm. You were talking about, you know, car accidents. Let me just ask this question. Guys in a car accident, it's very obvious the other person was at fault. And uh, their their, uh, insurance company gets a hold of you. And they go, well, you know, we'll give you X amount of dollars. And uh, you hear what they're offering and you go, yeah, but that's not going to, you know, fix my car. That's not going to get it taken care of. And I uh, said, well, that's our offer. Would you suggest that that person go seek legal counsel at that moment? Absolutely. Uh, and I tell people all the time, whether you hire me or, 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 or not, hire somebody else, it, it, I, if you will talk to somebody who really knows what they're doing with these type cases, you can get the legal advice that you need to make that decision. Um, usually in a car accident case like this, it, it's two separate settlements. You get your property damage mm-hmm. settled, and the insurance company is going to want to settle that part of it pretty quickly. Uh, within a week to 10 days, they want that resolved, and they can move on to the, to the personal injury, the bodily injury claim. The reason for that is usually if the, if the car is sitting at a, at a tow lot somewhere drawing $40 a day storage fees, that's pressure on the insurance company to get that r- wrapped up quickly because they, they want to avoid those costs. And so um, they'll put the squeeze on you sometimes to try to get the property damage settled, and they'll you know they'll under under uh, offer a little bit the value of your vehicle usually. But um, I tell people all the time uh, if if you'll get some legal advice quickly, uh, you'll be in a much better position to make that decision. Now, let's assume for a minute the property damage gets resolved. Okay. But even before you call me or call another attorney, uh, they may they may have offered you. I'm seeing more and more where they offer somebody $500 within two or three days of the accident on their bodily injury claim, $500. And then if you balk a little bit, they may go up to $750. I tell people all the time, no matter what that offer is, don't bite, don't don't accept that offer right away. You've got plenty of time. You don't even have to hire an attorney right away. Wait till you see a doctor. Yeah, or (laughs) assuming you've already been to see a doctor. Yeah, you may not have been, though. But if you've been to the ER and you're kind of trying to decide what to do, you have three years from the date of the accident. So there's Really? In Arkansas, we have it's the statute of limitations in Arkansas is three years from the date of the accident before you either have to settle your case 
or file a lawsuit. Now, you don't want to wait three years. I mean, that's well, yeah, that's too long. true. Your doctors don't want to wait for their money that long. But my point is, there's no great rush to do anything at that at that point. And, and it's so important to go ahead and get that legal advice to make so that you can make good decisions. And the offer they made you today, I promise you, it'll be there next week. It'll be mm-hmm. there the month after that. They want to resolve that case as badly as you do. They want it off their books so they can move on to the next one. So, it's, but in their favor. Well, yeah, yeah. That's back to the five hundred dollar offer. That's right. So they're they're fishing it at, at that stage. They're fishing to see what kind of person you are. How desperate are you? Do you need that five hundred dollars to make your life payment this month? That type of thing. But I promise you, if you have, if you if you'll just. Take that extra time. Call an attorney who really knows what they're doing with these type of cases. Help you, help you make a few judgment calls and a few key decisions. There's some potholes out there, some some roadblocks out there on, on that settlement route uh, that you can get around if you get some good legal advice. Yeah, that you can help them avoid. Yeah. Because you know what they say. If you're your own lawyer, you've got a fool for a client. I. I have my own attorney, and his name is not Taylor. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've heard that for a long, long time, and That's I true. think that it's very, very true because I know nothing about the law. You walk in, you don't know about the law, you'll get eaten up and spit out. Whenever someone says that to me, I think they're a wise person because they're 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 they know what they're good at, they know their limitations, and even as an attorney, uh, there are areas that attorney is is an expert at and there are areas that he's not at so that's what dirty harry said and that man's got to know his limitations i think yeah i think that's what he said yeah yeah yeah, yeah he sure did he's got he's got my back here <laughs> all right let's take a break we got to get another break in we got news coming up taylor king's going to be with us for the next half hour i got him on for the hour because he's got a lot of good information that you should uh, keep in mind if something bad happens to you look we hope that nothing ever bad happens to you but if it does You should know in the back of your mind what you should do in case it does happen. Always be prepared for whatever might happen in your life. Taylor King Law Firm, 1-800-CAR-WRECK. All right, we're back. We were sitting here talking, man. You should hear this show when we're not on the air. That's when you hear the good stuff. Are you sitting out there watching this, reading our lips? I'm talking to the folks on Facebook. Oh, I've, I've seen them. On Facebook, they're, they're reading. Their, sometimes if I'm going to tell you something really secret, I do like this. I do like to do in the NFL or whatever, you know, and they're talking between the coaches. So because there's people that sit up in the stands with binoculars and they're watching. I'm just saying, just the way it works. Anyway, uh, Taylor King is here in the studio. I'm glad that he's given us the time today. He's attorney of law. His law firm, Taylor King, 1-800-CAR-REC is the number to call pretty easy to remember and uh, from what i've heard as he's been talking to us today sounds to me like the kind of guy you'd want to talk to uh if you if you need him all right we left talking about you know people who get in wrecks and things of that nature you gave some really good information about that where do you want to pick up now you have other misconception myths that people have about trial lawyers what else well, uh, a lot of people talk about uh, there being too many lawsuits. Okay. Uh, runaway juries. We talked about that a little bit. Um, you know, uh, in reality, the uh, as far as too many lawsuits, uh, I think the statistics show that there uh, there are less uh, 
civil jury trials uh, than there ever has been in the past. Uh, most, if you look at the raw numbers, uh, the judicial system is is busy, but it's primarily cases like uh, domestic cases, criminal cases, uh, debt collection, um, other types of civil disp- disputes. Um, so I, I just don't think that that's really a problem anymore, uh, or currently at least in Arkansas, uh, we don't we don't have a uh, most of most of these cases that, that I deal with are uh, resolved without uh, having to file a lawsuit anyway. I mean, I'd say ninety five percent of our cases uh, we're able to we're able to resolve and settle the cases without without having to file a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. In most of those cases that we do file, they um, uh, they resolve before we actually have to go to court. Okay. You leaned up against to the mic. Good job. Ah, I can hear you really good. Now you got really good presence on people's radios and on their computers and on their cell phones, wherever they might be listening to the show today. I mean, it's pretty amazing where you hear things like that. I'd say the other thing um, that, uh, especially during the tort reform uh, issue, they, they, they wanted to try to put a cap on how much uh, lawyers charged. And I would say that, for one thing, um, you know, uh, people, uh, we don't charge more than what people agree to pay. Let me just ask a question, because I I have had um, one case in my whole life. I worked at uh, Coca-Cola in Fort Worth, and uh, I worked in the syrup room, which is the stuff that they make that they put with carbonated water to give it the taste that you get when you pop the can opener. Well, in between runs, you got to sterilize the tanks. And so you got to hook these hoses up to the bottom of the tanks, and then you put very, very hot water in them to kill any kind of bacteria and stuff. Well, if those hoses have a problem, you can't cut off the hose and put a new clamp on it. You must buy a new hose. And one of those let go one time and sprayed me with the water that scalded the bottom of my legs terribly. And I was off from work for several months. And I went and got a lawyer because I found out one of, don't don't get me, I wasn't a talk show host then, but people called me Mm -hmm. and said, Dave, somebody fixed that hose in our department. And, uh, so they set me up, basically, is what happened. Mm-hmm. And I took it to my supervisor, and he took it up the, the chain, and it came back, and they said, well, they're not sure if that happened or not. And I said, look, you got the paperwork. You know whether it did or not. And I said, if I have to, I'll go get a lawyer, and they'll subpoena that material, and we'll figure it out. Well, they that's what I ended up having, and I won a, a small stipend. It was not a lot of money. I wasn't yeah. looking for a lot of money, but I wanted to make sure they never did that again. Yeah. And, yeah. but yeah, that's when you, that's when lawyers come in and do what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. And, and not every case is, a, is a huge case and not every case is a case that, uh, is going to necessarily even be resolved, uh, with money. Yeah. Uh, there are other, uh, remedies and other, uh, ways that, uh, you can, uh, find justice, but that's, well, they got spanked. I'll tell you that yeah, much. I mean, that's, uh, and whether that's in an employment situation or, you know, in Arkansas, um, uh, workman's comp, when you get injured on a job, uh, whether it's, um, anybody's fault, whether it's your fault, 
or whether it's uh, a coworker's fault or whether it's nobody's fault at all. It's just you just got injured. Right. Um, it's an exclusive remedy in Arkansas. And that's not the way it is in every other state. But in Arkansas, um, the, the, the worker can only recover under the workman's comp system. Um, and so that, sometimes that's fair. Sometimes that's not as fair. It's fair when it, when it was nobody's fault and you just got hurt on the job and your employer's responsible. Kind to, of new, to pay no fault type thing. Exactly. But sometimes it seems like it's not as fair when, when there's a, there is a culprit out there that, that caused your injury, mm-hmm. and maybe all you can do is recover under the workman comp, workman's comp system, and there is no recovery for pain and suffering. There is no recovery, full recovery for your lost uh, wages. Uh, it's there to, to help protect, but not 100% of what your real damages are. So sometimes that, that seems like it's not as fair. If you're hurt when uh, you're on the job, but it's by a third party, uh, let's say you're in a vehicle, you're driving a work truck, and a third party that's not your coworker, it's not anyone that's employed at your employer mm-hmm. job, then you can bring a claim, a third party liability claim against the at fault driver that was uh, not related or associated with your work. So that's a way to. It's like it's two different tracks. You can do the workman's comp track and, and recover there, but then you can also go after that third party that, that caused your injury. Um, so that's a little nuance. That it's a little it's unique for for Arkansas. We we don't allow our workers to recover uh, outside the workman's comp system unless a third party is involved. All right. Yeah. We gotta take our final break. We come back and let me just present a question to you and give you some time to think about it. Is there any necessity for tort reform in the state of Arkansas? Let's talk about that when we come back. Cool. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Left us with a question. I thought it was a good question. It's a good question for any, whether you're for tort reform or against tort reform. Is there legitimately room for tort reform in the state of Arkansas? Well, certainly there's room. I would say, and the way if you phrased it that way, there's always room uh, uh, in our system to uh, make adjustments to, and and it happens all the time. I mean, we may not label it as tort reform, but almost every legislative session there is some sort of uh, legislative adjustment that happens. Some some are not as sexy as others. Some uh, don't get make the headlines. They're more, but they can be just as powerful uh, for or against. whichever side you're on, right? Uh, because it's the nuances, as you know, in the law that uh, oftentimes uh, they can make or break gut or, or, you know, a case. And so a lot of times it's happening and we don't even realize it. Um, yeah, it, it's the average Joe and Joette out there know very little about the law. Just like when I sit here and I talk about impeachment, the average person knows very little in all honesty, because it hasn't been taught in the last 15 years about the Constitution. Right. And uh, so you're at a, a decided disadvantage when you sit down and start talking to them because you got to start literally at ground zero and build up from from there. So what, uh, I mean, how, how do we go about this? I mean, do should law be a, a, a high school course as well? Absolutely. We need to bring civics back. 
uh, and and I you know I don't know I keep hearing that we don't teach civics anymore in in, in school. We I, don't teach a lot of things anymore. Yeah, well, civics would be my on my top list. I agree with that because, absolutely. Uh, if you if you build a society uh, without a real under, understanding, a real uh, uh, appreciation for uh, not just laws but uh, how our history, uh, how we have got to where we are, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly of that. Uh, if you don't teach history, it's going to repeat itself. If you don't teach young people civics, then it's easy to push to push ideas that are not really our 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 history and nope. who we are. And so that'd be my number one uh, uh, course that I would bring bring back, and not just teach it in eighth grade, but I would I would teach continue to teach it along the way to make sure that our our young people really understand uh, what our republic's all about. It's a good idea. I mean, it's a really seriously good idea. I think maybe a, a whole year of the Constitution and understanding what the Constitution meant when they re- wrote the Constitution, because yeah. just because a bunch of judges have made decisions on it, should those decisions be what we follow or the original intent of the framers? And well, that is a huge argument right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and that's fine. And and so we need our public, and we need the people uh, that are uh, – going to be the generation uh the next generation understanding what uh what those uh topics are all about so they can make informed decisions participate in that debate and uh continue this republic down the road uh continue like when i started uh talking earlier about uh, the the rules we, we need a, a our constitution to be a living uh a document that we all understand and that we rev- uh, revere and all that but we also we've got to understand that uh, we're a society of rules, and if we uh, uh, and that's what trial lawyers are there to do is is to try to uh, make sure that the playing field stays level, uh, that it's fair for everybody, not just big insurance companies and corporations, but the average guy out there too, and uh, that average guy needs to to have a a, le- a level playing field so they can stand toe to toe with uh the big guys out there yeah that's good i like that and and by the way you know you got to make sure that um you understand that that the way that our jurisprudence is set up is supposed to level the plane supposed to yeah that's why lady justice has a blindfold on not one finger holding one end of the blindfold up so she can look and see who who the players are that's true, and and that's what justice is all about is is giving everybody, every citizen, everybody in this country, uh, an equal and fair shake, and so that's what real justice is all about. Let me let me read you my go ahead my quote that I really like. Uh, what are, what do trial lawyers do? What do I try to do on a daily basis? I try to love justice, do mercy, and walk humbly with your God. That's what I try to do. Every I was going to say that sounds like it's right out of New Testament to me. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. how to Hebrews? Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but it's it's well, it's almost verbatim. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. pretty close, <laughs> pretty close. That's good stuff. Thank you. Now, let me let me ask you a question off just off what we're talking about now. Contractual law mm-hmm. is the is the whole concept of contracts changed over the last decade or two? I mean, for instance, let's let me just pick a you got a a guy who's playing football. He signs a contract. He's going to be paid 
I'll just arbitrarily pick a number here, $25 million over the next four years. He has an outrageously good year. Now he says, I ain't showing back up until you renegotiate my contract. But you already got a contract. I'm just saying, what, what, what about that? That's uh, an area of the law that, uh, Dave, I'm not really very familiar with. Okay, well, that's just I'm not either, and I just think it's crazy that somebody can say, throw that other contract out. I don't, I, I, yeah, I signed it, and I said that I'd abide by it, but now I'm not going to, and I want a new contract. Yeah, I, I guess the answer, the easy answer to that is I would need to review the contract, to, and it wouldn't be me. I would advise them to have someone else do that, but... It's prob- there's probably some nuances in that contract that allow them to do wiggle here and wiggle there, is what I would suggest. Is it, is it serious for the American public? I mean, you think about it. You go uh, and, and, and download an app or something, and at the end of well, just before you push I accept, you read this long litany of legalese. Now, I'm going to – I don't know if this is true. I just – for me, it is. How much of that does the average guy or gal really read? You just go down, I accept because you want the app and want to get going with it. But there I may would, be stuff in that that you don't even know you're signing away. Yeah, you're giving away your personal freedoms. You're giving away your personal information. Uh, we all know that in kind of subconsciously we know that. Yeah. But 99.999% of the people want that app immediately, and they're going to they're gonna – punch it without reading maybe even two sure words go ahead it. and use all the pictures on my facebook yeah you know and and unfortunately uh we're giving away in intellectual properties left and right but, i agree yeah i agree all right so if somebody needs you 1-800 car wreck right that's right we have offices in uh, little rock jonesboro fort smith springdale arkadelphia and jackson mississippi did you all hear that all Jackson, right, you can call this man at 1-800-CAR-WRECK, and he can help you. Thank you, Dave. Taylor, we appreciate you coming in. Appreciate you. Really, thanks so much for being part of the show today. I'll let you get out of here, get back to work, and make some money. All right. Let's you're do not it. making money if you're sitting here talking to me. I'm just I've, telling you. I've enjoyed talking to you. All right. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thanks right. so much. We appreciate Hey, Alan Kerr, step to the microphone, sir. We'll bring him on over. And I like that Romo shirt you got on. I like that. All right. All right. So the insurance commissioner is coming on. Put you right in front of me here, Alan. No, she has to leave. And your wife is probably listening, dude. You be careful. All right. I'll bring you over here. How are you, sir? I'm doing you look very familiar. He to works me. for me. Yeah, I've hey. seen you in, in yeah, committee exactly. meetings and things. Like that. Yeah, probably yeah. so. You know, Ned, he's roommate with me for three years. Before Ned he, did? Before I kicked him out. Not Permy. When we said Ned, it's not Permy. Now, Ned was uh, at one time a, a driver for uh, Little Rock Tours. Good friend of mine, went to church with me, now lives down in Texas, is happily married. He is. Aren't that. you glad that he finally... Tied the knot again. I got tired of hearing, I'm so lonely. Well, go out and find a woman, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he did. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, you're on. Just go ahead and pull that microphone up. There you go. Yes, sir. You, I can hear you there. Bruce Donaldson. Yeah. He is the Marketplace Compliance Coordinator, Regulatory Health Link 
division. Let's get away from all the gobbledygook, and he's the guy that's making sure nobody's trying to take advantage of you. There you go. In the healthcare industry. Is one that right? Them. Yeah, pretty much. Just okay. Because yeah. I always loved it in the military. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it took me three weeks mm-hmm. to find Ooh. out the actual term for a pencil. <laughs> and what's the term for a pencil? A pencil is a carbon-based writing implement. Ah. How's that one for you? I thought that was that, that was. Mean. I bet you that's the first thing you'd look for, wasn't it, Alan? No. <laughs> no, that is not. That is not. Okay, fair disclosure here. Alan is the, uh, of course, Alan Kerr is the insurance commissioner. He is also a good friend of mine. Absolutely. He is Absolutely. a good buddy of mine. He's. Uh, I've, I've followed his career through quorum court and all the way up to where he's at right now and he is an outstanding individual now bruce i don't know him that well well bruce, <laughs> you might bruce, is, a good guy. bruce is a good guy okay. he, he handles uh all the training for the, the trains the agents to help you out in the field oh, wow. uh with uh, the marketplace on health mm-hmm. insurance and uh um he uh, answers all the questions not all the questions he he helps manage the people that answers all the questions um and kind of keeps things uh copacetic you know kind of orchestrates uh, yeah. within the health insurance marketplace uh, that's what arena. i'm saying so, he's helping you not uh, yeah get taken yeah so that's, uh, that's the goal um but he wants to our all of our goals every, everyone's goal at the insurance department is to help as many consumers as we possibly can and try to wade through all the the gobbledygook and uh and the, the the noise of health insurance when it's time to sign up. And that time's coming tomorrow. Uh, open enrollment starts November 1st. All right. Let me make a statement before we go to a break, and then we'll get the news on. Alan Kerr voted against everything about ACA, okay, while Absolutely. he was an elected official. But it is the law of the land. Yeah. And somebody has to make sure it is being applied fairly and I am very glad that Alan Kerr is the insurance commissioner of this state. Thank you, sir. That's what it's all about. Thank you. I, I mean, appreciate that. He's doing a job that, to be honest with you, I think he probably feels like we didn't have to do it. But somebody's got to do it, and he's the right guy to be doing it. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back with more. we got six minutes of news for you, catch you up on what's happening in the world. Hopefully they'll play Pelosi for you so you can hear her lie some more about impeachment. More Dave Ellswick Show in just a moment. hour the last live hour of my show next uh, uh, hour you'll get to hear from uh, Robert uh, Spencer 
People talk about the history of jihad. You want to hear that? I just bought the book wow. last night, and Spencer is the man that can talk about it. And he'll talk a little bit about uh, Baghdadi and, and and his killing. And, of course, today it was announced that uh, they've got a new head of ISIS. And so we'll find him, too. Take care of well, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're going to promote somebody else from within, Yeah, I hope. absolutely. And it's somebody <laughs> that nobody's ever heard of yeah what a big surprise yeah none of the guys that people know about they got their pictures want <laughs> want their picture up on uh, president trump's uh, wall i don't believe on his bullseye that's exactly right but uh he'll be talking about that and then evelyn uh, is going to be on in that last half hour you won't want to miss that uh, she talks about the rise of anti-semitism in europe and in the last part of this uh, documentary that's on Netflix now, I watched it the other day. It's called uh, "Was Never Forget Is Now," mm-hmm. and uh, let me tell you what she does about thirty minutes about the United States, and it's enough to make your blood run cold. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. So uh, that's going to be in the second part. So stick around for that last uh, hour. Typically, we replay something for you the last hour because I got to get out of here because I got to go see a movie tonight. You got to go see Terminator. So I can talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. And it is Terminator Dark Fate tonight. Yeah. Got to be there at 7 o'clock at the the Cabot Theater. Can't wait. I am stoked. (laughs) I am stoked about it. All right. So uh, one thing that I'm not stoked about (laughs) is health insurance. Well, look, I don't have to deal with it. I'm on Medicare now. Yeah. If I wanted to have my Social Security, I had to take Medicare. Yeah. So I'm on Medicare now. And um, I have to say, so far, so good. All right. All right. It's a whole lot like what I had when I was a attorney. Yeah, pretty close. You know, to be honest. But uh, the ACA is still out there. Right. And you all have been uh, directed towards... Uh, taking care of that as the insurance commissioner to make right. sure everybody lives within the rules. Right. Well, we've done the best we could with it um, and still keep uh, uh, freedom out there and, and the right of choice with folks. Um, uh, we're here today to talk about open enrollment starts tomorrow. Yep. Now, if you've already got health insurance, um, you can let it renew. Uh, but open enrollment is for when you want to make changes. If you want to look for something less expensive if you want to change to a plan that's less expensive, or if you want to change to a plan that's got a little more coverage to it. Let's say you've got a less expensive plan that's not working for you, and uh, you need a need a better plan, need something that covers your family better. This, now's okay. the time to do it. Actually, tomorrow is the time to do it. You can go online now tonight and start doing some shopping and put in your information and uh, um, see what get some quotes and things like that. Um, most people... Not everyone. Most people have a little bit of trouble uh, navigating health insurance and what the terms mean, what the coverages mean, what coinsurance is, what deductibles are, those kind of things. So <clears throat> we that's why we've got Alan and Bruce that's here. Right. So we got Bruce Donaldson here with us. Bruce is uh, uh, manages those things in our department and manages the group that that uh, has the helpline. Uh, the Arkansas Call Center at one eight four four three five five three two six two, or you can just go on um, myarinsurance.com. And uh, I went on the website myself this afternoon just to make sure everything was working. Uh, perking along. <laughs> perking along. Put some information in there, 
and everything's working just right. So, All right. So, uh, Bruce, are you the guy that you go on each morning to make sure that it's working the way it's supposed ab- to work? Absolutely. And I was there yesterday at our, our partner that uh, does the actual website, and we made some changes you know, because open enrollment does start tomorrow, so we had to change some of the wording. Uh, okay. So that's all done. Right. It's ready to go. All right. So person gets on that website, they should be able to have a nice, smooth transition. They, that's correct. They have, and on there is that phone number that the commissioner just said, and also there's a lot of fact sheets there. If they want to know what the 10 essential benefits are and things like that, it's all there on the website. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, sure what, that's what everybody wants to hear. Yeah, uh, but we're there to help. Uh, the, the lots of people managing the helplines. Um, it, it's uh, you know if you need some some human to human contact interaction. <laughs> yeah, interaction. They they won't hug you. They won't hold you, <laughs> but they'll help you over the phone. Okay, and uh, and walk you through the steps on how to get how to get coverage and the right coverage for you. Okay, so Alan, what are <clears throat> You got you got paperwork in front of you. It's all highlighted. I got so, tons of paperwork. So you got stuff that you want to talk about specifically. I'll I'll just turn it over to you, so you don't just have to answer my crazy questions. Well, let's just uh, let's just start by uh, talking about why our rates aren't going up very much this year. And there was a there was an actual health insurance marketplace out there called AHIM, Arkansas Health Insurance Marketplace. That was a separate government entity. Okay. okay. I've been working for the last couple of years to dismantle that and to make that go away. And mainly because we were doing all of the work that that marketplace was doing uh, within the insurance department. And doing we, it better. And doing it better. We would do the work. We'd send it over to them. They would kind of say, okay, what's this? And stamp it and send it on to uh, the, the feds. Okay. CMS. So, um we convinced the legislature that that was wasted money. So we got $13 million we're no longer spending every year for that entity. Fantastic. I took that $13 million and um, put it towards your health insurance premium so that it made um, a huge difference in your rate increases this year. So the, the average rate increase is only go up, going to go up about 2%. What is it nationally? Oh, it's about 10 or 15% this year. Yeah, so the, significant. That, uh, significantly more, yeah. They didn't have that $13 million to move. So uh, we moved that into uh, the marketplace to make sure that that was used properly, push that savings down to the consumer. Good. Okay. Where it should go. We didn't We didn't put it in the insurance department and put it in the, the vault or anything. We pushed that savings right down to the consumer. Didn't buy you a go. bigger desk. No. <laughs> no. In fact, I'll probably get a smaller one when we move to our new building. But Good. that's another story. Um <laughs> But the, you know that's the one the major thing I wanted to to to, to go over and and the rates aren't moving much this year. Good. So um, that's fewer good news people for everybody. Will, fewer people will have to shop. Um, and, and now anything that you do uh, between now and December fifteenth, which is open enrollment, won't go into effect until January first of twenty twenty. Okay. Okay. So uh, if if you're not covered right now. This is not going to cover you between now and the end of the year. It will start in November 1st. Okay. So, um, if you need help between now and then, call that number, and, and they'll they'll walk you through that. Um, but, you know, about 8 out of 10 Arkansans enrolled in previous years received some sort of assistance. Uh, you, there's lots of uh, 
uh, federal tax credits and subsidies on there, all right, for this particular group. So um, the first price you, you get, you may not have to pay all of that. Mm-hmm. So you get with one of these people on the phone. They will help you walk through. They will look at your income. They will walk you through what needs to be done to get those subsidies for you. Okay. Okay. So um, uh, they want to, you know, our goal is to make sure everybody has access to health insurance. And I said access um, and, and to help you afford it. Okay. All right. Okay. That sounds good. I mean, are there some words that you said that people hear and that they don't really understand? What are some of those words? Health insurance. <laughs> okay. All right. Explain what health well, health insurance um, is. There's 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 differences now. Keep in mind, open enrollment starts for Medicare, also, okay. and Medicaid. So um, I think Medicare is through December seventh instead of December fifteenth. So Medicare's open enrollment starts now, and it goes through December seventh. If you're sixty five and older, uh, that's where that's the the area you need to go. Um, if you are eligible for Medicare um, and you're under 65 and you're disabled, you may be, have access there as well. Now, Medicaid, uh, which is mainly handled by the Department of Human Services, is a different category, and uh, that is a state subsidy, and, and there's a different uh, It's a different, different animal. Yeah, different animal there. Um, so what am, I, what am I missing, Bruce? Well, in fact, if, if somebody wants to have face-to-face help, uh, they can call our call center, and let's say they live in Russellville, but they want to meet with a, a licensed assister that can help them in Russellville okay. face-to-face, the call center will direct them to and give them a warm handoff to an agent in that area. It's part of our helpline uh, feature of the call center. Okay, right. and that phone number is, again? 844-355-3262, and you can get there also by going on myarinsurance.com. Our website will have that number as well. My, myarinsurance.com. Right, right. Typically, that's where people are going to go, although older folks may not want to go there. They may want to call and talk to a live body. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you'd be surprised the number of agents there are in every city all over Arkansas. Um, we've got hundreds of them signed up and trained uh, for this particular um, marketplace and um, can can help you with your health insurance. Lots of them right here in Pulaski County. Um, Hot Springs, I know for a fact, has 26 of them, and uh, most cities are, are, are manned that way. And also, uh, they don't charge for their services, so consumers correct. need to know that they're going to be helped by a licensed assister, but they don't charge for okay, their so services. Now, Bruce, these are people that you're training, is yes. that right? I train, license them, help license them, and also help them navigate the problems, should they have any, with healthcare.gov. For the folks that do this, what's the first thing you tell them that they're probably going to ask you? The... Probably the the main question out there is, will I be covered for my pre-existing conditions? Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing. Hey, I got these, whether it's diabetes or cancer or I'm pregnant or whatever, that's the first thing they ask usually 90% of the time. And, and of course, these plans, that's why you have this open enrollment is because they're a guaranteed issue. No questions asked. There's only one question they can ask you. Do you smoke? That's it. And you get a break if you don't. Right. Yes, that's correct. That's good. If you do, 
pay it's a little call bit, a little no bit more. It's going right. to cost, cost you more. Cost yeah. you more. As, it, as well it should. All right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of people uh, don't want to do things over the phone. Um, they want to they want a, um, a face-to-face with somebody. Uh, and you can help them with that. Yes, we can. We can. We can. They call our office uh, directly at the insurance department. We can fix them up. Our our department office is uh, our number there is three seven one twenty six hundred, and uh, they'll uh, probably push them through the Bruce, and Bruce will line them up with with uh, either our, the call center. He'll line them up with a, a human being. Uh, it's whatever they what do they feel comfortable with? You know, everybody shops and buys on their own. Uh, that's why there's still some. Freedom. Know, freedom and some brick-and-mortar places that they can go. Right. Or if uh, you're on the younger side and you like doing everything digitally and electronically. And you can do that. You can do that. So um, we have we have uh, shopping availability for every style. All right. Well, let's take a break, and okay. then we'll come back, and then we'll repeat a few of the things that we've said. I sure. promise, Alan, I'd only hold him for a half hour. So I got him to the bottom of the hour and Bruce is the same way. I got him to the bottom of the hour. We'll be back with more. We got the insurance commissioner here in the studio. He's my buddy, Alan Kerr. We'll be back with more. 23 minutes after 4. By the way, just to remind you, if you're watching on Facebook right now, that guy that's standing right behind me, called the President of the United States, you know? Yeah. Mr. Trump. What what did what did he decide that he would do for them, Bruce? Well, what he did people? what he did was he uh, rescinded the uh, the, um, the individual mm-hmm. mandate. That's where which means which means that if you don't have health insurance throughout the year, then you can be penalized on your taxes. Okay, right. so he rescinded that, and so there is in effect no mandate anymore. <clears throat> but you should have insurance because you, know, you get into a car wreck or you get real sick, it could cost you a well, lot sure. of money. You should yeah. have you right. should have. You know, insurance, and but the, the government can't hold a gun to your head right? no, and no, make you can't. buy it. Right. But I'll tell you what, there that is the one type of insurance that I promise you you're going to use. Sometimes. That and, health, that and life insurance, okay? Those are the two types of insurance that before it's all done, you're going to need it. You know what I say? I said, you know, I'm 66 now, Alan. I know yeah. I, don't, I look 30 still, but... Bottom line is that, you know, getting old ain't for sissies. It's not. It's only for the for the brave at heart, that's for sure. You better believe it. And yeah. if you're going into it, you had better have good health and coverage. Right. So, uh, but bottom line is, uh, Bruce is right. They, they, they did away with the uh, individual mandate, um, and, and uh, we're all about the, the freedom of choice. But uh, I, I implore you to choose <laughs> to have health insurance. Um, when, when the mandate went away, I don't know if you guys did any studies on this or not, but was there an uptick in people buying health insurance because they weren't being told that they had to buy health insurance? Well, there was that, that, that little wave that went away uh, that, that you know dropped the coverage, you mm-hmm. know, um, and we had this, this immediate... Uh, drop in, in, in people being covered. It's slowly coming back now. Like we were talking about off air, you know, people don't like to be forced to do anything. And um, when you force them to do something, they're going to dig in and, and refuse to do it. Um, some will do it reluctantly, but um, but the moment you take that away, they'll they'll drop off. Um, we're seeing a a comeback 
of insured people, and those That's folks good. are deciding to, well, okay, yeah, they're not making me anymore, but I'm making this decision myself to be covered. I read an article the other day, a national article, said that Arkansas – uh, is doing well in covering its people. We are doing well nationally. We're we're in the the top four or five, I think, yeah. as far as uh, having all of our folks covered. Um, keep in mind that that those numbers don't include the health sharing ministries. Right. Those people, you, the, they're not regulated, so we don't get those numbers. So there are there are hundreds and thousands of people out there that are covered that way. But and on our rolls, they look like they're uncovered. Right. So there, there are other ways uh, that, that people are covering themselves. And um, um, when you factor that in, Arkansas is doing exceedingly well. Okay. So here's the key. <clears throat> Alan Curris here is the insurance commissioner, and he is telling you tomorrow. Tomorrow. Begins open enrollment, and it runs to, did you see December 17th? December 15th. 15th. December okay. 15th. It runs through uh, December 15th. Um but do it now. Don't yeah. wait. Yeah, don't wait to the last minute, good Lord. Uh, MyARInsurance.com is uh, the place to go. It's got all the phone numbers, all the information you need. Super easy to read websites and pages. Um, thank you for that. Uh, you're very Bruce. welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> the, thanks they Bruce. built it so that I could read it. That's good. That's and, what it's uh, supposed to be. Yes, right. Uh, 844-355-3262 is the phone number for the uh, the helpline. And those people are well-trained by Bruce there to uh, to answer all of your questions. There are no silly questions. There are no bad bad questions. Ask them all. That's what they're there for. Um, they will either help you or they will hook you up with an agent that will contact you directly and will, will handle your personal uh, situation for your health care needs. Well, I guarantee you, if you don't ask the question... <clears throat> It'll come back and bite you in the butt. Right. And all those people last year who uh, who didn't ask the questions and are not happy with their coverage, this is your opportunity to fix that. Um, call that number, go to that website, and uh, they will fix you up with what you need. Because a lot of times after you've had a little experience with something that you bought that you were saving money on, uh, maybe I didn't do so well. So um, um, now's the time to get that fixed and, and – uh, Get a, get a better coverage. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Bruce, if somebody wants to work inside the Arkansas Insurance Department doing what you teach them to get ready for, how do they make themselves available? They all have my cell phone, and I <laughs> promise you, <laughs> weekends, nights, <laughs> okay. they get a hold of me. I Hanukkah, promise you. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember that Bruce is the Marketplace Compliance Coordinator, Regulatory Health Link Division. And uh, you said you guys are moving. Where are you guys moving to? We are going to move the entire department, 15 divisions, uh, down on Resmond Park. Is that Resmond? No. No. Um, Right by the water there. Yeah. Uh, oh. Riverfront Drive. Excuse me. Riverfront River Drive. Drive. Yeah. The old Verizon building is not old. They, yeah. were, they were in it previously. In fact, some of them are still there. We're going to kick them out after the first of the year. And um, that's a six-story building. Uh, it's got a north and south wing. Um, we're going to be on the fifth floor, pretty much take up all the fifth floor. Cool. And uh, uh, move our, our operation over there. Part of the, the Arkansas transformation of government. Well, keep doing a great job, Alan. We appreciate you. Alan Kerr is the insurance commissioner. We're out of time. I promised him 30 minutes. We got three. 
two, one. It's time for the news. That's all, folks. I'm back in just a moment. <laughs> all right, back with you. Here's a story that's just coming out. This is about an hour ago. Republican congressional leaders tore into House Speaker Nancy Pelosi today after Democrats pushed through formal rules for the impeachment inquiry on the House floor, pointedly asking what changed since she declared in March that she's opposed to the process, absent a presidential offense of overwhelming and bipartisan concern. We believe in the rule of law, but unfortunately, in Nancy's house, we do not. That's according to House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy. He was talking about this at a press conference today. Uh, McCarthy was referencing a March interview with the Washington Post magazine in which Pelosi declared her opposition to impeachment, saying it's so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling... And overwhelmingly and bipartisan, I don't think we should go down that path because it divides the country and he's just not worth it. McCarthy asks, what's changed since March? Much, in fact, has happened since then. Former special counsel Robert Mueller's probe ended without finding evidence of criminal collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. But the spotlight then shifted to the Ukraine after a whistleblower alleged has never testified, by the way, alleged that Trump improperly pressured the country to launch politically related investigations, thus prompting Pelosi to announce the impeachment inquiry, except, let's add to this story, Zelensky, the president of the Ukraine, said there was no quid pro quo at all. He didn't feel like he was under any pressure whatsoever. From the president. Well, here, enough of me telling you this. Uh, Let's play Kevin McCarthy again. We can get this in before, and it's well worth playing again. Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader, spoke to the chamber today about this impeachment effort. Here's what he had to say. Madam Speaker, elections have consequences. Our fellow Americans use their vote to choose Who will work for them? So I ask you all a simple question, especially to my colleagues. Is that what is happening here today? Are we gathered in these final moments before we depart for a week to fund our government, to pay our troops? Are we gathered today to prove a new trade deal? Or are we gathered to debate the critical national security issues regarding China or Iran? Well, that answer would be unanimously no. We are not working for the American people. Those items would resemble the achievements of a productive Congress, a Congress that truly works for the people. But you know what this Congress counts? This Congress records is more subpoenas than laws. That's the legacy. It is not just devoid of solutions for the American people. It is now abusing its power to discredit democracy. By using secret interviews and selective leaks to portray the president's legitimate actions as an impeachable offense. 
Democrats are continuing their permanent campaign to undermine his legitimacy. For the last three years, they have predetermined the president's guilt. They have never accepted the voter's choice to make him president. So for 37 days and counting, they have run an unprecedented, undemocratic, and unfair investigation. This resolution today only makes it worse. I've heard members on the other side say they promise rights to the president, but only if he does what they want. That's the equivalent of saying in the First Amendment, you have the right to the freedom of speech, but you can only say the words I agree with. That's what you call due process. The amendment offered by my colleague, Mr. Cole, would help correct some of the transparency concerns we have witnessed over the last few weeks. But today is more than the fairness of an impeachment process. It is about the integrity of our electoral process. Democrats are trying to impeach the president because they are scared they cannot defeat him at the ballot box. That's not my words. That's the words of my colleagues from the other side of the aisle that has offered impeachment three different times. This impeachment is not only an attempt to undo the last election, it is an attempt to influence the next one as well. This is not what Democrats promised when they entered the majority 11 months ago. In this chamber, we heard from our speaker while we all sat here. We heard what the speaker said when she talked about words of optimism and cooperation. It was said we would work together to make America stronger, more secure, and more prosperous. We were told our mission was to return the power to the people. In fact, our new colleagues on the other side of the aisle were sent to Washington with a mandate to do just that. So what's happening? Nothing like that today. Not long ago, Democrats recognized that a partisan impeachment would put politics over people and harm our nation. That exact same speaker that talked about cooperation, that talked about and promised the American people that they would be different. They would be different if you trusted you with the majority. You have failed in that promise. That speaker said impeachment is so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, the word of bipartisan, I do not think we should go down that path because it divides the country. What has changed since those words have been spoken? Alexander Hamilton wrote, there will always be the greatest danger. That the decision to use the impeachment power would be driven by partisan animosity. Instead of real demonstrations of innocence or guilt, the sham impeachment by Democrats have proven Hamilton right and portrays the speaker's own words. I know emotions are high. I know members would even run for positions of chair simply on the fact that they would be a better chair for impeachment right after the election. But when we all stood that day 
and listened to the words of the Speaker of Cooperation, we all raised our hand to uphold the Constitution. Tomorrow is November 1st. We're one year away from an election. Not just for this house, but for the highest office of presidency. Why do you not trust the people? Why do you not allow the people to have a voice? Why in a process that America lends their voice to all of us that you deny us to speak for them? Is animosity risen that high? Is Hamilton proven correct again? There is a moment and time that you should rise to the occasion. This is that moment. This is the moment that history will write. History will ask you when you cast this vote, when you cast a vote to justify something that has gone on behind closed doors, I want you to ask the historian and answer the question, what do you know that happened there? Have you read anything that took place that you just justified? What do you believe the definition of due process is? What do you think the First Amendment is? Do you have the right to have a voice or only the words that you agree with? You may get elected in a primary, but in a general election, you're elected to represent the people of America, not to deny their voice. This house is so much better than what is transforming today. I believe everyone who runs for this office runs to solve a problem. But when you go back to the American public with the achievement of more subpoenas than laws, that is not why you ran. That is not why we are here. And that's why I agree with my colleague, Mr. Cole, that believes in the power of the people, people before politics, that we believe and know we can do better. That we believe the speaker when she said about cooperation. We believed her when she said if you trusted them with the majority, they would be different. I guess it's only fitting you take this vote on Halloween. I yield back. All right. That was the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy. I thought it was a great speech today. I thought you needed to hear it. And he is spot on. A break, and then we'll come back. i got to play a couple of things from Elizabeth Warren. You're not going to believe when you hear them here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now, yesterday we played Bernie Sanders, if you remember, about Medicare for All. And he said, oh, these questions about how much it's going to cost, I'm not going to answer those. I mean, that was his answer to the question of how much is Medicare for All going to cost. Well, today, at least impartial Elizabeth Warren showed some honesty at least I think it's honesty you're not sure with her because tomorrow she might say she didn't really say this you know what I'm talking about yeah I was fired because I was pregnant no I wasn't fired because I was pregnant I'm Native American no I'm not Native American you you understand with Elizabeth Warren you just never are sure what you're going to get. Well, she was talking about Medicare for all. 
and she let out what I believe is some partial truth. In fact, I think that the number she uses is smaller than what it really will be. However, she let out this number nonetheless. Take a listen. Regardless of what kind of money is involved, Medicare for all would likely result in a pretty significant kind of shift in how our health care system is structured. And even supporters of that approach within the health policy world have said that that likely would mean lost jobs in some form. Um, an economist at the University of Massachusetts Amherst told Kaiser Health News earlier this year that that could result in about two million jobs lost. Uh, he said those would be mostly administrative positions and insurers, doctors' offices. And he said that politicians who want to move toward that system, Medicare for all, have to think about what a, quote, just transition, a fair transition would look like. What would that look like for you? So I agree. I think this is part of the cost issue and should be part of a cost plan. Although do recognize on this what we're talking about, and that is in effect, how much of our health care dollars have not gone to health care? How many of those dollars have been pulled out in other directions? You know, think about the for-profit insurance system that lies right at the middle right now of our health care delivery system. That, that system made $23 billion in profits last year, and that's after all of the executive salaries, all of the administrative people, all the fancy glass office buildings they built. And how did they make those profits? Think about it. It's how much they took in in premiums and then turned around and said no. And every time they said no, they made another dollar of profits. That's just not a sustainable health care system. Don't you love how she talks so soft? You know, that makes you swallow it. So much easier. Yeah, two million people are going to lose their job. Yeah, that's going to happen. What are we going to do about it? Well, two million people are going to lose their jobs. That's part of the cost of making this switch. Well, there's also part to making the switch, and that's going to be taxes. Because guess what? You're going to pay for it. She wants to talk about the insurance companies making profit, right? Well, don't think that the government isn't going to make money. The government will make money because they're going to charge you through taxes to pay for all of this stuff. But she dodges that question. She doesn't want to tell you how much you're going to have to pay, for instance, in middle-class tax increases. Here, cut number nine. said, quote, she still hasn't come out and said where this money is going to come from. So where's the money going to come from? So I'm working on the plan on that, and it's going to be out soon. Uh, And it'll talk about two things, both how much Medicare for all will cost and how we can pay for it. So so I ain't talking about it because I don't know. Just what Bernie Sanders said yesterday, I don't know. They're not going to tell you how much you're going to have to pay out of your paycheck every time your paycheck is written to you from your company. How much are you going to pay? How much is it going to add up? Just telling you. You'll never know how expensive health care can be until it's free. Write that down right now. 
If you if you're not driving, if you're driving, don't write it down. All right, just kind of put it to memory. You don't know how much health care is going to cost until it's free. Because you know, if you're an adult and you got a little logic going, you know that what about what is there about free, Zach? Nothing is free. Somebody has to pay for it. That is the way it works. It's the way it goes. Do we have time? Do we have two uh, two minutes left? We don't, do we? All right. Can't get to it. Have to do it tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, Matt Smith will be in first hour, and uh, we'll talk to him about movies that are starting this weekend, some good ones coming out. I'm going to go see one of them tonight, and I will give you my honest opinion about it. And I'm going to go see Terminator, uh, Dark Fate tonight. And I've been reading some of the reviews out at Rotten Tomatoes, and it looks uh, like a lot of people said it's pretty good. They said it is a whole lot better than the last movies, like the last three movies that have come out. Although I found some good things in all of those movies. I'm not saying that they were, you know, Shakespearean works, but uh, some pretty good things in that. Uh, we will um, talk about it. You got Arnold Schwarzenegger's back. Linda Hamilton is back. James Cameron is back. Uh, Furlong is back in this movie, I believe. So uh, you'll get a chance to see all of the guys because this is the direct uh, sequel the Terminator 2. All right, so keep that in mind. So we'll talk about that. And then Chris Colbert is going to be in from uh, Conway, and he'll do Ask the Attorney. You can get all of your legal questions answered tomorrow. If you want to put them into, you know, email form, send it to me at dave at salemlr.com, and I'll read it on the air, and Chris will answer it. We're out of time. Thanks for being part of the show today. Coming up is a repeat of a couple of segments I've done. You'll find them very interesting. Some of you probably didn't get to hear them because they aired early on uh, in the show on other days. So with that, stand by for Robert Spencer. He's coming up, and he knows more about jihad than anybody I know. I just bought his new book last night on my Kindle. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. See you tomorrow, 2 p.m. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.